When I was in, uh, after, uh, after high school, I uh, graduated in 2007 from Central and went to LSU for three years. Um, I, people ask me, why did you go to LSU? Uh, it's very, very simple. My major was a very, very common major. Uh, it's known as student tickets. Um, it was great. Um, I don't know if I've ever missed, I didn't miss, I missed one football game in three years. Like I was constantly at the athletic things. I remember I made the mistake of saying in front of my mom and dad one day uh, to a buddy of mine from high school, yeah, it's awesome. I just swipe my ID and I get into every game for free. And my mom kind of choked. And she was like, <clears throat> what? Free? No, 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 no. Someone's paying for it. Don't worry. And I was like, <laughs> anyway. Um, no, I remember, so my, my freshman year, I remember going to the games and stuff. It was my sophomore year when I started hanging out with the Catholic Center. Um, all the all the Catholic school, uh, all the Catholic uh, center students, and and started to get involved and more plugged in there. Um, and I remember I kind of had a habit of what I did for for game days and how I tailgated and where we went and all this kind of stuff. But I remember now all of a sudden I was sitting next to the Catholic group, meaning um, that I had to not be as obnoxious and loud and mean and everything else like I usually was. Um, I remember about three months, four months after. Uh, going to after starting to sit with this group, new group of friends and, and kind of enjoying the games with them and stuff, I remember there was a moment that a friend of mine, she came up to me and she goes, you know, I had you wrong. So what you mean? She said, I just thought you were an obnoxious jerk all the time. <laughs> now she was really forward <laughs> and I, I got, I'm not going to lie, I kind of appreciated it, but she just said, she said, because my only impression of you was uh, was loud moron behind three rows behind me at the football game who never was quiet who never sat down and never like was constantly yelling and just in my ear the whole game she said so I had you wrong because I thought you were just loud and obnoxious like that all the time but I see it's just on Saturday for a few hours at a time and I said exactly I appreciate it but it was funny, I think as I, as I reflected back on it, it was really funny because that first impression, right, where I was, that first impression just kind of stuck to her. Where when she would see me, she would see loud, obnoxious moron, which isn't far off, but I would say, but, she, but that was just like the characterization had kind of sunk in, and this is who she saw me as, right? I think we do that with a lot of people in our life. Whether it be, whether it be a, a family member who just might be kind of like the knucklehead of the family. Now that I said that, you have somebody in your mind, I know. Right? It might be, it might be a person that you work with who's just quote-unquote a good person. You can tell like they just have a good soul, a good heart. Someone who might be at church and you're just like, that's a very pious person. Someone maybe in, in, the, in the media world or in the, in the public sphere and you just kind of have either negative or positive kind of ways of looking at them. I think we have a tendency sometimes, based off of a few words, based off of one encounter, based off of just like the smallest sample size to kind of build, build this kind of lens by which we see some people and then it becomes a stereotype that it's hard for them to shake in our mind. The interesting thing is, is that in today's gospel, we have one of those people. A public person who everybody knows and who nobody likes. Zacchaeus. So let's get a little, let's get a little background about Zacchaeus. There are three things that we know about Zacchaeus, right? Um, number one, he's short. So 
don't, if, I, if I say anything that might offend short people today, I'm really sorry, okay? But he's short, okay? Number two, he's a tax collector. And number three, he's really good at being a tax collector. He's wealthy. I can imagine in my mind, I can imagine kind of in my own prayer and, in, and, and as we listen to it and kind of, li- I've, I've read a couple of people in like biblical scholars who have kind of done this, where they might have kind of built a little bit of a story about who Zacchaeus might have been. As a, short, as a short person and as his name starting with the letter Z means that he would have come last a lot of times. So since he would have come last a lot, I could see where someone who was short, someone who kind of had a, sh- a, a chip on his shoulder, someone who kind of was thinking a certain way, like I could see where he would say, well, you know what? People are going to respect me. Quote, unquote, little man syndrome, right? People are going to respect me at some point. So I'm going to do something that is going to make people respect me. I'm going to be a tax collector. Now, Roman law allowed a tax collector to extort people for as much as they wanted, as much as they could. They had the backing of the Roman army. They had the backing of the Romans in the the legal system to be able to get the taxes that were necessary, but they were able to extort people for whatever they wanted. I know we covered this last week, right? So in the eyes of the Jews... What it was is that a tax collector was not only a crook, but they were a traitor because this was a Jew working for Gentiles. And then we hear that Zacchaeus is a wealthy man, meaning he was really good at extorting his own people. This is the person that wants to see Jesus today in Jericho. This is the person that's trying to see Jesus, and I can imagine if there's a crowd there on the road and Zacchaeus can't see, that's probably not by accident that the crowd isn't letting the short man through. I have a feeling it's probably the passive-aggressive move of, you know what, you took however much from me, you can stand in the back and good luck. So he's being kind of blocked out and ostracized even in just the action, even in just the episode that we see today of trying to see Jesus. We hear the story. He runs ahead, he climbs a sycamore tree, and he's looking. Now there might be something going on in Zacchaeus' heart. There might be something going on in Zacchaeus where he's coming to this realization that I need to stop doing this. Maybe there's something going on where there's just a curiosity that he sees this this miracle worker kind of guy, and maybe this guy has something for me. There's just a curiosity. This guy, Jesus, is passing. He's got a reputation. He does these miraculous things. Maybe it's just worth going, and and there's there's just a curiosity that leads Zacchaeus out. Whatever the reason, Zacchaeus finds himself in a tree looking for Jesus. Jesus. And there's this miraculous kind of moment where Jesus looks past all of his reputation. He looks past all of these things. And he makes contact, eye contact with Zacchaeus and he says, Zacchaeus, come down. I want to stay with you today. I want to stay with you. I want to get to know you. I want you, Zacchaeus, come down and see me. Now you see, this, this scripture, if we, if we leave it isolated, we could actually maybe miss the point of what happens now. 
Because it was only, a, it was only maybe 30 or 40, 40 verses before, one chapter before in the Bible, that Jesus came in con- contact with another rich person. And this is what was said. An official asked him this question, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus answered him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. And he replied, All of these I have observed from my youth. When Jesus heard this, he said, There is still one thing left for you. Sell all that you have, distribute it to the poor, and you will have a treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. But when the rich man heard this, he became quite sad. When the man heard this, he became quite sad because he was very rich. Chapter 18, verses 18 to 23. We are in chapter 19 in Luke's Gospel. Jesus offered to someone who was considered a good man, someone who kept all the commandments, someone who followed everything he was supposed to do, and he still had an inordinate connection to his riches, to his money. And Jesus was calling him to greatness, calling him to follow him, and the man couldn't do it. So instead... If he offers this to the rich man, and the rich man says, no, I can't do it. This rich official of the court, of the church, right, can't do it. Then what does he do? He says, fine, I'm going to call someone who's a public sinner. I'm going to call someone who's wealthy. I'm going to call someone who has no good reputation, has no good name. And Zacchaeus comes down. And is ready to follow him. Zacchaeus comes down, and despite the grumbling of the crowd, is ready to sell his stuff. Ready to return what he's extorted. And ready to follow Christ. Now, this is, a, this, this, this is a really awesome kind of connection, right? This is a beautiful kind of connection between these two episodes in the Bible. But what does it have to do with us? Well, I think one of the big things for us is that sometimes we can look at what God is calling us to and we might fall into one of these two camps. We might feel like we are Zacchaeus, that we have gone, we've done just a little bit too much. Our name might just be a little bit too messed up. That we might be the knucklehead of the family, or the loud, obnoxious guy, right? Whatever it is. And we can disqualify ourselves from being a disciple of the Lord. Or we could feel like the rich man. Hey, I'm doing the commandments. I'm following the things. I'm ant- I, 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 I go to Mass on Sunday, Father. I put money in the collection. I pray my rosary. I do all the things. But is there something that we're too connected to? Sin or elsewhere, or or other things that are holding us back, that have too much of our focus, too much of our heart, that we can't give ourselves completely to the Lord. When Jesus calls Zacchaeus, and he looks at Zacchaeus, and he says, Zacchaeus, you come and follow me, he's not seeing a tax collector. He's not seeing a short man. He's not seeing someone who's wealthy. 
He's not seeing any of these categories or any of these details that we hear about in the Bible that the people know about Zacchaeus. When he looks at Zacchaeus, he sees his son. He sees a beloved child of God. He sees someone who is a son of the living and true God. And he calls him and says, Zacchaeus, I want to stay with you. Come to me. John Paul II, the closing mass of World Youth Day when it was in Toronto, he used this, he used this phrase, and it was t- told to me by a really good friend of mine years ago. And I use it a lot in confession. He, John Paul said to the youth of the world, he said, you are not the sum of your weakness. You are the sum of the Father's love for you. I know like whenever I, when I prepare myself for confession at like a retreat or something and I'm given a, an examination of conscience and I go down and I'm checking off, I did that, I did that, I did that a lot, right? Got the t-shirt for that one. Um, I kind of do that all the time, right? Like when I go down and I list all these things off, a lot of times I can look at it at the end and just be like, wow, I really am a piece of work. And those closest to me remind me of it, right? Like, yeah, I'm a, whoo. But when God looks at me, He doesn't just see a list of sins. When God looks at each one of us, He doesn't just see all of our faults, all of our scratches, all the ways we've come, come up short. Just like with Zacchaeus, He doesn't just see all of the things, all the scandal, all the issues. When God looks at us, He first and foremost sees His child. Because we're not the sum of our weakness. With the sum of the Father's love for us. Today, as we come to this Mass, God renews that testament to us. He renews that love to us. He continues to tell us over and over again that I'm not afraid of your sin. But instead, I want you to let me in. I want to stay with you. I want to dwell with you. I want to come to you and be with you and remain with you even as you walk out the church today. May today we not come defined by our weaknesses, come defined by the shortcomings that we have, but instead may we come defined by a God who absolutely loves us and is not afraid of the the weaknesses that we may fall short to. Zacchaeus is an amazing model for us. He gives us hope that God isn't afraid of a bad reputation or a spotty past. But instead, he calls us as the children that we are. 